Those of you who have been around here for a while, you know that today's the last Sunday of the year and Pastor Kevin gets to preach. But I've got a word for you this morning. I've got a word for you this morning and it and it 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 rocks on authority. We need to understand the authority that's been given us. The word says that he gave us dominion and authority over this earth that we're living in. But I think sometimes we negate that. Sometimes we pull back from that because fear. Because there's a few words in our vocabulary as a church that we're not sure of, that maybe we're afraid of. But today I want to bring something to you. I want to talk to you this morning about sounds and authority. You may be seated. Guys, thank you very much. I want you to, this morning, listen to what the Lord has for us. The first service was good, but I think we have a group of people here this morning, too, that need to hear what the Lord has to say. And sometimes we look at things in our lives and we, we just somehow miss some things. This morning I want you to put yourself in a mindset as we start this morning as maybe we're looking back. You guys realize in just a few days, 2020 will be gone. Can I get an amen? 2020 will be gone. And we have to understand what's ahead. So put yourself in a, in a mindset here for just a moment of maybe a book, maybe looking back, okay? The year was 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. We found our world in a spiritual drought. There was nothing in sight, not an end, not an answer, nothing. Not any evidence of rain seen in the sky, not a cloud, No rain, nothing. But we hear a sound, a sound in our spirit, the sound of rain. I hear the sound of rain. That means that my ears have picked up a signal. My ears have picked up in the airwaves. They've picked up a sound, a vibration 
that echoes through my head and through my ears, a vibration of something that's coming, a something that I can't see, a something that I cannot touch, a something that I cannot feel, but I know something's on its way. How do you know something's coming, Pastor Kevin? How do you know something's on its way? Because it gets louder and louder and louder. The closer it gets, the louder it gets. Like a train coming in the distance. I don't know about you, but we live probably 100, maybe 150 yards from a train track. And when a train's coming down that track right here at 21, when that train starts coming down that track, there are things in my home that begin to move. I can't hear it. The family can't hear it, but we can see things on the wall begin to vibrate. And we know that there's a train coming. There's a little guy who comes and visits us some and, and, and plays at our house, and he loves trains. He loves trains. He can, he can hear them when we can't. He'll be playing and running cars and playing with the dog and being loud, and all of a sudden you can see him as he's playing. He'll, nay, nay, I hear it. Can you hear it? I hear it, nay, nay. And Renee goes, hear what? Train. I hear the train. Let me go see it. Let's go see the train. He wants to see the train. Even though I can't hear it. Even though she can't hear it. At that particular time, that child knows there's a train coming. He can hear it. I don't know if he can feel the vibrations, but he knows there's a train coming. He wants, hey, take me outside. Because if you go out, out Side our house, out to the sidewalk, you can look right down the road and you can see the train as it passes. People who aren't familiar with our area, my mom and my dad, when they come in from North Carolina, my dad sometimes, even this past week when they were here, he said, son, how many times has that train come by your house? I've heard it three times this morning. Yeah, daddy, and you'll hear it several more times. Because that's a busy area. But you know when you hear the train, when you feel the vibration, you know what's coming. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2, talks about the 120 that gathered in the upper room, waiting for the promise. The Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house that they were in. There was a sound. Sound that indicated something was coming. If I had a title this morning for my message, if I had a title to give you today, it would be the sound of the abundance of rain. The sound of the abundance of rain. First Kings chapter 18 talks about a story that most all of us are familiar with. Elijah encounters Ahab. And he tells Ahab, he says, you know, 
you believe one God, I believe another, but let's prove whose God is really God. He said, why don't you gather together all your prophets? Why don't you gather the prophets, the 450 of Baal, the 450 of Asherah, bring them to Mount Carmel, and let's prove whose God is really God. So Ahab agrees. Gathers all the prophets together. They go up to Mount Carmel. They take two ox. They get one. And Elijah gets one. They build an altar. They sacrifice their, their, their ox. Cut him up. And then they start praying for fire. They start praying that God would come down and consume the fire. Nothing happened. For hours they went on. Pleading with God, doing all the tricks that they knew to do, doing all the incantations that they knew to do, cutting themselves and even to the point of, of beating themselves to try to get their God to answer. Kind of like myself sometimes, I look back and I kind of antagonize. No, you're not that kind. Yes, I am. Kind of like Elijah, at that time he looks at him and he says, where is your God? Is he deaf? Oh, no, 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 no. Your God's asleep, isn't he? No. Scripture even bears out, he even goes to the point of saying, has he gone to relieve himself? In other words, is he in the bathroom? Is there something wrong with your God that he just can't get here? Well, Elijah finally got to the point that he was fed up, just fed up with all that was going on. Because, see, there was a drought going on in the land. Three and a half years this drought had gone on, and they were asking their God to send rain. But Elijah had said, there's not any rain going to come until God says so, until he tells me and I will tell you. So Elijah goes up, builds his altar, puts the wood on the altar, sacrifice the ox on the altar. He says, I tell you what, why don't you just dig a trench all the way around it? Now remember, these people are in a drought. These people have had lacking food, lacking water and everything else. So being the man that Elijah is, he kind of pushes the envelope just a little bit more. How about bringing me some water and let's pour water on this sacrifice? So much water that it soaked the sacrifice. It soaked the wood. It soaked the area around it. It even filled the trench around the sacrifice. I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to build a fire with wet wood? You don't get anywhere, do you? No. It won't light. And they're thinking, what is this guy doing? So he starts to pray. 63 words he prays, and fire comes down from heaven. Doesn't just consume the sacrifice, but it consumed the sacrifice, consumed the wood, consumed the stones, consumed the water consumed everything around it. He proved, God proved who he was in the consumption 
and destroying of all that sacrifice. And then Elijah turns and he looks at Ahab and he says, take them to the river. I'm going to slaughter every single one of them. 450 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Asherah were killed that day because their God was not God. Three and a half years the drought came. It was difficult to find water, difficult to find food. But after Elijah had wrecked the whole place, wreaked havoc on all of the prophets, 450 of each, 900 prophets died. He looked at Ahab and he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It's interesting because Elijah said this in the midst of the fact there was no clouds. There was no rain for three and a half years. The place was as dusty as it was when he started, but yet he says, I hear the abundance of rain. Oftentimes we hear things before we see it. A lot of times we hear things and we sense things before it's time. A mother pregnant with child, she knows when it's time. But nobody else in the room knows that it's time to give birth. Nobody else around her, unless she's her water broke, that it's time. What about those times that your kids? I'll pick on one of mine today because he never could get away with anything hardly. There would be times that I would look at my wife and I'd say, watch, he's going to do this, 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 and this. She'd look at me like, you're crazy. I'd turn around and I'd go, there you go, there you go, there you go, and there you go. And she'd say, how, do you, how did you know that? I said, because he's so much like me that I knew exactly what he was going to do. Let's pull that to the spiritual for just a moment how many of us are so much like him we know what he's doing how many of us are like him that we hear what he's saying in our spirit we know what's going to take place we know how he operates that's what I want to look at this morning as we look at first uh, Kings chapter 18 verse 44 uh, 41 through 44 I want to read from the message translation and I want you to follow along with me. It says, Elijah said to Ahab, Up on your feet, eat and drink, celebrate. Rain is on its way. I can hear it coming. Ahab did that. He got up, ate and drank. Meanwhile, Elijah climbed up top Mount Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, his face between his knees. And then he said to his young servant, On your feet now, look toward the sea. He went, looked, and reported back, I don't see a thing. 
How often this past year has your human spirit inside of you said, I don't see him moving. God, where are you? I've lost my job. I don't have a job. Where are you? My family members are sick. Where are you? This stuff that's going on around me, where are you? God, have you left me alone? Have you abandoned me? What's taking place? Where are you, Lord? I don't know about you, but there have been those times in my own self I've said those things. Keep on looking, Elijah said. Seven times, if necessary. Sure enough, seventh time he said, Oh, oh yes, a cloud, but a very small one. No bigger than someone's hand rising up out of the sea. Elijah's response to him was, Quickly then, on your way, tell Ahab, saddle up and get down from the mountain before the rain stops you hurry up get on your saddle get on your horse get down the mountain rain's coming and if you don't get down quickly what's going to happen you're going to be stuck so in other words what Elijah was saying to him was it's not going to come just a little shower to settle the dust it's not going to come just one of those little showers that's going to cool things off a little bit get on your horse and get down the mountain because a flood water's coming a rain is coming that's going to wash the roads away. You better get down the mountain. But what did the prophet do when he told Elijah this? I mean, when he told Ahab. What did Elijah do when he told Ahab? He said, go party, go eat, drink, celebrate the fact that there's going to be rain. What did the prophet do? He went to the mountain to pray. He went to the mountain to pray. The word even says that he prayed, put his face between his knees. That in that time was, was a birthing position. Get down on your hands and knees, put your head between your knees and pray, agonizing, laboring in prayer. During this pandemic, if I can say anything at all good about this pandemic, it's caused people to pray. It's caused the people to pray, to reach out. The, the enemy may have used this to thinking, well, I can shut the church down. I can keep them at home. I can silence the voice of those that would speak prophetically. I can silence them because I'm going to dissipate. I'm going to push them aside. I'm going to spread them out. I'm going to keep them from gathering. I'm going to keep them away from each other. I'm going to isolate them. E.M. Bounds, one of the greatest men of prayer that's ever lived, made this statement, said, God does nothing except in answer to prayer. Listen to that again. God does nothing except in answer to prayer. So if things seem to be stagnant around you, nothing seems to be moving, nothing seems to be getting any better, pray. 
Well, I, I, I don't know. I've prayed before and things haven't happened. Well, what about praying for miracles? What about praying for breakthroughs? What about praying for the prodigal to come back home? Every son and daughter who has ever been delivered from drugs, alcohol, perversion, all those things, there's been somebody somewhere praying for them. I don't know about you, but if it hadn't been for me, having someone praying for me, my grandmother and my grandfather calling out to God. I can still remember my wife, uh, when, we, when we were in college, sometimes she would spend the night and spend weekends at my grandparents' house. And she said, the thing I can remember is, is hearing late at night your grandmother and your grandfather calling out to God in prayer. Calling my name. Calling your name. Calling the kid's name. Calling the grandkid's name. Someone was calling out in prayer. I can tell you the truth. I don't know where I would be today if it was not for the prayers of my grandparents. Prayers of moms and dads who reach out to God for those long lost kids. Those ones who maybe have strayed away. There is an answer coming. I can hear it. It's like the sound of rain. I can hear that in my spirit when we talk about those things that are going on today in our society today. Folks, there's rain coming. There's rain coming. We just have to hold on to the promise. Elijah got himself in that birthing position. He got in his, on his hands and knees and he asked God and he labored in prayer because he heard in his spirit that there was a sound of rain. Why did Elijah get so excited? Why did he labor in prayer? Because he understood that when rain came, that when rain came, the promise was coming. When rain came, there was going to be life again. When rain came, the crops were going to grow again. When, life, when rain came, life was going to come to the water again because the water was going to flow. When the rain came, all these things were going to happen. All these things were going to take place. But in the spirit, as they looked up, they saw no clouds. They saw nothing. He knew it in his spirit. Why? Because he communed with God. Maybe you feel today that you're in a drought. Maybe you feel that this last year that you've spent here on earth has been a disaster. Maybe every time you prayed, you felt like heavens were like brass. You're not alone. You're not alone. Daniel felt the same way. But when the angel came, he said, we heard you the first time. We heard you the first time you prayed. So your prayers are not in vain. Don't give up on your prayers because see, Elijah knew if I get on my knees and pray, God will answer. I feel and I hear in my spirit a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of things changing in my favor. I hear the sound of relationships coming back together. I hear the sound of breakthrough in health and your finances and all the things that you've struggled with. I hear the sound of breakthrough. If I had a message for you today, if I had a very simple message to tell you, that message is believe. 
And I'm not talking about believing like in Polar Express. I'm talking about the belief that I know my Redeemer lives. I know that he hears and answers prayer. You may say, Pastor Kevin, how do you know that? Well, let me, let me tell you. About sometime in, in the month of April and the 1st of May was the last time, one of the last times that we did online services with nobody here. The youth led the service. It was on a Wednesday night. And I preached and I, I testified about the fact, about how God had ministered to us. There was a time in our life that I was without a job for over six months. I had had surgery. I couldn't work. There was no income coming in. My wife was working at the, with the school system as a parapro. And, and to be honest with you, the, the salary that she makes monthly was about what I was making weekly. But I had no salary anymore, and she was the only one working. For six months, we went through that, praying and asking God. My family can testify. There was not a bill missed. There was not a payment missed. There was always food on the table. I even showed them there was a couple times that checks would come in the mail. And, and, and we, were, we were very transparent with our kids. Look, we've got to have this this month for our rent. This is what's in the bank. They're kind of looking at each other like that you're not going to make the rent. You're not going to make the rent payment. We'd get a phone call. Hey, Pastor Kevin. You don't know me, but I've heard about your situation and I just feel led of the Lord to come by and bring you something. Can we come by? Matter of fact, there were two elderly ladies. They drove up, prayed with us, handed us an envelope, walked inside, and to the penny was the amount of money we needed to make the rent. You've come... Too late to tell this old fella here, God doesn't answer prayer. That happened numerous times during that six-month period. I say that to say this. I preached about that and I testified about that on a Wednesday night. Very next Thursday, the very next day, I got a phone call from Gulfstream. Sorry to tell you, Mr. Summit, but today is your last day at Gulfstream. We're laying you off. I sat back in my chair because I was working from home. Sat back in my chair and I said, Lord, you're going to make me practice what I preached, aren't you? I just preached it the Wednesday before, the day before. I called Pastor Les and I said, well got some news for you I said uh, Gulfstream just called and I got hit by the layoff and, and I am no longer employed he said man I am so sorry he said the very, the very same thing I guess God's going to make you practice what you preached huh I said yeah how ironic that is but because of what we had already been through I knew there was another thing ahead. I didn't have a job for about a, about a month. We didn't worry. We didn't fret. Yes, I got severance pay and those kind of things. 
God took care of us. But about a month later, I got a job making a lot less money than I was making at Gulfstream. But you know what? It's not about the money. It's about being in the position that God has for you at that appointed time. Who knows what God is placing in your behalf? Who knows what God is setting you up for? But you've got to be in the position of prayer. You've got to be in the position of knowing and understanding what God has for you. Now, the word that I was talking about earlier that I wanted you to hang on to was the word authority. Having the authority that God gave you. Do you realize that God, when back in the very beginning, he gave Adam and Eve authority over this world. He gave them the authority. They named the animals. They, they, did all, they took care of all the animals and the, the, the livestock and all that. They did that. He gave them the authority. But you know what? That authority never changed when Adam and Eve sinned. That authority remained the same. In other words, you and I still have authority here on this earth. We sometimes will shrink back from that. Sometimes we, we don't take that for granted. We, we don't take that for what it is. We take it for granted. Oh yeah, we have authority. But do we act on that authority? The other word that I was talking about that sometimes we shy away from is the word prophecy. Prophecy. We think, well, that's for the prophet. That's for the prophets to do. Really? So what is prophecy? Well, prophecy is the foretelling of things to come. So God hasn't told me who's going to be the next president. God hasn't told me that what's going to do, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. God hasn't told me that, that at the end of the week I'm going to get this or I'm going to do that or this and that's going to happen. You, you, you've, you've taken that word prophecy out of context somewhat. Does the word not tell us that by his stripes we are? Does he not say that, that if, if you raise a child in the way it should go, it will never depart? Does it not say that? But how often have we taken the initiative to prophesy over our lives and our circumstances because one word, the voice spoke and darkness dissipated. How many times have you been in a situation where darkness completely surrounded you? Where you felt like you were lost? Where you felt like you were, you, you were done? You felt like God forsook you? That he just left you and you're sitting in the darkness? How many times has that happened? And on the other side of the coin, how many times has that happened? And you spoke to the darkness and the darkness had to flee. Why? Because God gave you authority. He spoke. You may say, well, Pastor Kevin, really? Okay, let's look at it. Um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says what? Life and death, summarize, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Only one person got it. I heard an amen. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? What are you speaking into your life? What are you speaking into those situations? What are you speaking about those situations? Sometimes we get so negative, and I, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. Sometimes we get so negative that we let the negativity separate us from what God wants to do in our lives. That's why God gave me a helpmate. Because there's a lot of times that she'll look at me and she'll say, Hey, you're getting a little negative. You need to 
you need to curtail that. Why are you saying that? Or she'll look at me and she'll say, I don't claim that in Jesus' name. Mm-mm, not me. I, I ain't going there. I'm not doing that. And I have to refocus. I have to bring this mind under subjection. I have to say, hey, no, no, you're not going there. And there have been times I've, go, I've said something like, well, do you know? Nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say it. My mama used to tell me a long time ago, some things are left better unsaid. Some things are left better unsaid. And sometimes I just got to close that mouth because I want to say those negative things. I want to talk about the negative things. And I have to do that. So why don't we prophesy into our world about it's getting ready to rain? Why don't we prophesy that God's power will visit us in our lives in whatever situation, whatever drought we find ourselves in, whatever lack we find ourselves in, whatever's broken in our lives, whatever's empty in our lives, prophesy to those things. Prophesy to those things. Prophesy over every plan and plot and scheme every weapon that the enemy would try to launch against us prophesy over those things because I am the head not the tail no weapon formed against me will prosper we've got to speak those things do you realize God has set up a plan that God has set us up for a purpose he's not going to come down and speak He's not going to come down and, and into this room and I say this in Jesus' name. He doesn't do that. He's not going to do that. We are his mouthpiece. We are his mouthpiece. We are the ones that have to speak. We are the ones that have to talk to the situations. We're the ones that have to prophesy into those things. Prophesy for miracles for breakthroughs. Prophesy that every prodigal will come home, that every son and daughter will be delivered in Jesus' name. Those may be words that, that some of us don't understand. It's biblical. It's in His Word. He gave us the example to speak. He spoke and the worlds existed. He spoke. The only thing He made with His hands, you look it up, the only thing He made with His hands was Adam. And he made him from the dust of the earth. Everything else he spoke. Thus the reason why he tries to tell us in Proverbs, life and death are in the power of a tongue. I don't know about you, but I believe. I believe. Musicians, if you will. I believe. There are times in even going through our six months of me not having a job, there were times that I would get in the bed at night and just go to sleep. One night, Renee shook me and she said, how in this world can you sleep? Do you not realize you don't have a job? Do you realize that we have nobody here? See, we have no family here. My family's in North Carolina. Her family's up in, 
in Ohio. We have no family here. I said, honey, I didn't create this situation. God did. He's put us here for a reason. He put us here for a purpose. We're going to walk that thing out. Several years ago, during Seek Week, we were at Redemption to the Nations Church for service. and We were up at the altar praying. Pastor Kevin Wallace, who's the pastor there, came up, brought me and Renee over, and he said, I want to pray for you. He said, I hear the sound of rain. He had told a story that over a year before that, some things God had asked him to do. He was with a, a gentleman they had gone to a place where the Trail of Tears started there in Chattanooga. They went and prayed and some other things. And as they were leaving, they saw an um, uh, Pastor Kevin saw an umbrella. Just a random umbrella. Multicolored umbrella. He picked it up and he said, wow, an umbrella. And the man of God that he was with turned and looked at him and he said, that's a sign. God's given you a sign. Pastor Kevin had prayed that day, Lord, give me a sign. He was expecting somebody to come up and give him a word or somebody come up and, and, and prophesy over him. But he found an umbrella. Later on that week, Lord encouraged him to do something else. So they went and they put out posts in four corners of the community. The Lord spoke to him again and said, get ready, I'm going to give you a sign. Again, he said, most of the signs I've ever had Somebody has come up and spoken something to me or somebody's come up and given me a word. And he said, so here I am, our last stop. We're getting on the bus. We're getting, he had taken his staff with him to do that. He said, I'm getting on the bus. And he said, I'm walking back to the bus. And what do I see laying in the parking lot? An umbrella. He said, I picked it up. And he said, I told you. I hear the sound of rain. That was a year after when he spoke to Renee and I and told us, he said, I don't know what this means to you, but I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of rain over your life, over your ministry. We came home, usually the week after Seek Week, we go on vacation because we need it to recover, but we went on vacation, we came back home, and, and as we were getting back to the house and getting things in order, 
I looked at Renee and I said, hey, I said, let's, let's go to the church. I just feel this tugging to go and pray. She said, okay. So we came over to the youth room and we began to pray, began to walk and pray. For those of you who, who have been here a while, you know me, I like to walk and pray. I like to walk and worship. That's just me. And as I began to pray, I kept hearing this thing, the sound of rain, the sound of rain. And about that time period, our youth, we were running probably 20, 25. And I thought to myself, Lord, what are you talking about? What are you trying to say to me? And I began to walk up toward the front of the youth room, toward the stage. And I walked over, and I kid you not, Leaning against the wall beside the stage was an umbrella. Some of the kids kind of laughed about it and said, nah, that's, that's uh, Chris White's umbrella. He left it there. So I started investigating. Chris, Chris, is this your umbrella? He said, oh, Yes, that's my umbrella. I've been looking for that thing for over a month. He says, probably been six or eight weeks. And I left that here. He said, where did you find it? I said, I found it beside the stage. Can I, have, you know, you ain't getting this umbrella back. You may say, Pastor Kevin, that's a little far-fetched. Really? How many teenagers carry an umbrella? First off. God knew what he was going to tell me months before and caused Chris to leave this umbrella. Well, let me, let me share something with you. How many of you were here for our Christmas, the youth Christmas celebration worship? There wasn't 25 kids on stage. There were what? How many, Renee? 41 was on stage. It's raining, folks. It's raining, folks. Last Wednesday night, during a pandemic, we had 62 last Wednesday night. And 13 that we know weren't there. That's 75. It's beginning to rain, folks. God promised me. He said, it's going to rain. And I started, I started preaching it and prophesying it to our kids. I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of rain. I'm asking you the question this morning. How many of you will prophesy with me, I hear the sound of rain? Let's all stand. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Some of you may say this morning, but Pastor Kevin, you don't know my situation. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what, what hell I have been through this past year. No, I don't. 
But I know one thing. For the past two years, I've been hearing the sound of rain. We got ready. Pastor Les said he was not going to be here and asked me if I would fill in. And just as soon as he said that, I went back home and started praying. And the Lord started speaking to me again. I hear the sound of rain. But, but, but things are not going right. Things, there was not a cloud in the sky when Elijah said, I hear the sound of rain. We have to, we have to step into the, to the faith that God has placed in us. Every single one of us in this room has been given a measure of faith. A grain of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Is that bigger than a measure? Absolutely bigger than a measure. You have the faith. You've just got to believe. I want them to start on the chorus of this song. And I want you to sing it in faith. Amen? Let's sing it together. haven't changed. Keep speaking that word. Keep believing that word. Mm. My fight. My fight is not my own. Listen to the song. It's prophesying to you. It's in your Worship you because I know all things must bow to your
is your problem in this world? Will heaven not prevail? Will strongholds not be moved? Will spirits not be silent? Power at his roar. For if our God is for me, then what have I to fear? And I will not deny him. Strongholds will be moved, spirits will be silenced, and power at His roar. I know my God is for me, so what have I to fear? For nothing will deny Him the glory that is so that we can believe with you and help you be strong. Maybe just by the uplifted hand, you'll say, Pastor Kevin, help me. Help me pray. Help me to believe. Help me to reach out and be able to prophesy over my situations. Help me to be able to speak to those things that I know know are hindering me. Yes. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. Father, you've seen the hands. You've seen those, Father, who were saying to you today, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm drowning. I'm so immersed. And these things and these situations, I just can't seem to even tread water. Father, I pray right now that you would touch, that you would minister to those, Lord, who are asking for your help, that are asking you for help. Lord, you said you would not leave us barren. You said you would not leave us wanting, that you would supply our every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He paid the price so I could believe. He paid my debt so I can believe. 
And as long as Jesus lives, there's hope. So, Father, I pray today. I pray for those that are here. Maybe you're here and you don't know him. Maybe you're here and you don't know him as your personal Savior. And you're saying, dude, I don't even know where to connect that. I want to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. And ask God to minister to you here and meet your need. Amen? Pray with me. Dear Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I confess my problems to you. I can't do it by myself. Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. And you rose again. I believe you hung on a cross for my healing. So I ask you today to be my Savior and Lord. From this point on, I'll serve you. From this point on, I'll believe. From this point on, I'm asking you, help my unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, it's that simple. We just have to believe. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I hear the sound of rain. I've been hearing the sound of rain and I've been witnessing the harvest from the rain amen amen God bless you thank you for being here today thank you for celebrating with us there will be no Wednesday night service this week remember I know the date was kind of confusing on the screen but there will be no Wednesday night service this week amen be blessed we bless you in Jesus' name, God bless you. Students, 6.30. 6.30, if you're riding with us to the Johnsons, 6.30 here. Thursday. Thursday.